0: Yeah. page 369
1: Let me turn all the faders down except for number seven, and then the monitor volume just turn off, or turn down. Thank you very much. <clears throat> uh, a few announcements to make here this morning before we get started. Uh, the tally on the <clears throat> taco sale we had Friday was. $439. $439. $439. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So a little bit below $500, which I guess I think we might have done a little bit better. We could do a little bit better on that. But The next sale we're going to have, uh, we're going to change the menu a little bit, I guess. So We'll be doing smothered other burritos. I think that's our plan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> on the of course, uh, we are planning uh, youth youth night, for youth night, a youth explosion, and the dates, the two tentative dates are the 8th of November and the 15th of November, and Sister Dina wants to meet with all the parents. So uh, whenever uh, we can rally everybody together, we can have a meeting, probably after the youth, youth uh, Meeting next youth group next Friday. We could probably do that for if all the parents would come, and you know, so we can get the plans ready for our next youth explosion, <clears throat> and basically determine the date we're going to have it, which will be in November. Sometimes uh, on the 23rd or on the 19th next weekend on Saturday will be the service in White River for the White River group. Be in prayer about that service. Um, we'll be out there that Saturday for, for service and then on the 23rd <clears throat> which is a Wednesday we will be having Brother Craig here that night that service and then um, they will be heading out to White River or the Rosebud Reservation and they're going to be having a coke drive or a coke dispersing winter coats out to the community there at Spring Creek on Friday the 25th and then having a service there on the 26th which is a Saturday and then on their return trip, excuse me, uh, and, and that's kind of left open yet but that following weekend uh, depending on the time that they will be out west uh, we will be having services probably falling on the last weekend of October, which begins uh, the week of October, which begins on the 28th. So in that week from the 28th uh, to the 1st, uh, we may be having uh, services with Brother Craig that week, and we'll just see how it goes um, with that. Anyway, so that's, those are the two announcements. And of course, uh, uh, keep in prayer about our situation Uh Uh, for the building Uh, on that side hopefully we will be able to uh, secure that and make some kind of uh, agreement uh, if uh, Mr. Brunick decides to negotiate with us then we will uh, try to do what we can to to purchase that side of the building so that's kind of where we are on that right now so keep in prayer about that Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays are open to prayer concerning the building and concerning the other needs that the church has. So always <clears throat> remember that um, we have one, two, three, four, five, six more days left uh, for fasting and prayer, fasting and praying on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So uh, I would I would like to ask every saint to try to participate, whatever day you feel like you can make it. But let's make sure that we do try to do our best to fast and pray, amen, for our building situation. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I can't think of anything right now. So those are the announcements I have this morning. And I guess all the younger generation. Are we
0: going to do church potluck
1: the last Sunday of this month? Oh, church potluck. But
0: then Craig and Terrence should be here. And then we just had some people,
1: some visitors ask about it. saying. Okay, let me, let me, so that would... That would fall on the 26th. 27th. Or oh, 27th, excuse me. 29th, 29th. Okay. Uh, we, we could have a church potluck on the 27th if everybody here is willing to have a church potluck.
0: All
1: in favor? Is yes, that sound, we haven't had them for no. a few months, so. Alright, All right, everybody says amen. Amen. When Sister Walker says amen, I will listen to her. <laughs> Praise God. All right, well, well, we decided that the 27th will be church. Oh, oh, yes, we have a brother, Okimosh. Uh, he's from Wisconsin. He's the one that is doing the coke drive for the Spring Creek uh, group. He's coming in on Thursday. Uh, he'll be stopping here before they head out there. So, Lord willing, uh, uh, him and his wife will be here for Our services after that. So, pray for Brother Okimash. He's the one that's doing this for the Spring Creek community. Uh, I forgot all about to mention that. So, Amen. 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 So, uh, it it is decided on the twenty seventh of this month will be Potluck Sunday. Amen. All right. Thank you very much. So, all the younger, all the younger generation. (laughs) <laughs> You're dismissed to your Sunday school classroom, and all the adults can remain here. <clears throat> we shall continue on where we where we have been. Those of you that are in this class, (coughs) if you would turn your Bibles with me this morning, of course we're going to be jumping all over in the scripture, but uh, we'll start off our lesson this morning in the book of John, chapter 15, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. First day. Hallelujah. Gospel of John, chapter 15. verse number 18 there, if you all have it. And this is what it says. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love you, or the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world Therefore the world Hateth you And we'll just go on a little bit here Remember the word that I Said unto you The servant is not greater than his lord If they have persecuted me They will also persecute you If they have kept My sayings They will, they will keep yours also But all these things will They do unto you for my name's sake Because they know not Him that sent me. For I had not come and spoken unto them. They had not had sin, but now they have no hope for their sin. And he that hateth me, hateth my father also. So here we see in here a scripture verse. And if you would turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 17, and right around verse number 9, he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I am come uh, to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the Son of Perdition, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, and that they might have, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them Thy word, and the word hath, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify Myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world might believe that thou hast sent me. Amen uh really really uh insightful passages of scripture to understand to come to a basic understanding of who we really are, of course we know that <laughs> God has called us <clears throat> God has called us according to his word <clears throat> and when he has called us, he basically has set us apart. We see that according to the scriptures that we read this morning and understand <clears throat> our position in, in this world and, and where we are in this world. And you go back into what Jesus was speaking about. He said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you." Wow, what a, what a reality. What, what a reality, understanding who, who we are. Coming to a place of uh, revelation. It's, it's amazing uh, the Apostle Paul was talking about this and he, he was speaking in the, in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse number four he said according as he had chosen chosen us in him before the foundation of the world He has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. And without believing before him in love, so so we can see, you know, the truth concerning who we are. God called us. God had chosen us even in Him before the foundation of the world. So He called us. He and and what the Bible called talks about the ecclesia or the chosen ones. We are called out. We are chosen. And. If you if you read, of course, uh, it's God's will that we we come out from uh, amongst the world, and because we belong to Him, and that's what Jesus was talking about. We belong to Him. We are His. Okay, so so we understand that. And in, in Psalms four and verse number three, it says, "But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for." Himself, and so so we see this. We see this, and and uh, I was speaking to a uh, a fellow minister yesterday, and and we were just you know just having a just a normal conversation about you know how things are going and how we're doing and how our works are doing. And I said, well, we're doing our best to survive. (laughs) There's a lot of things happening. He said, yes, sir, it's so true. It's so true. He said, Brother Marshall, we're fighting the elements of this world every day. We fight them every day. He said, but the thing (laughs) that should be on the minds of God's people is this. He said, is survival. Survival, to be able to survive. And he said, one of the things that is hurting us the most in this world, he said, is all the technology that this world is so engulfed in. He said, it might seem like we have a, you know, that we are, you know, uh, very wise and we know what we're doing. He said, but that's the downfall. That's the downfall. Of a lot of people is technology technology has just made its impact upon us and influences us to to you know be drawn into the elements of the world he said it's not good he said I fight that battle every every day and every week with our people he said it's just something to try to get them to understand that amen even though we live in this world we should not be a part of this world, and so it, it's—it just seems like survival is something that, uh, uh, praise God, that that we've got to be mindful of. That we think about, and it's something that uh, we've got to be very cautious and careful concerning that. And, and and the Scripture talks about it. You know, a lot of a lot of times uh, when when uh, when we think about the world. And we think about everything in the world. Uh, You know, the scripture talks about it in in such a way that, uh, uh, of course, we we know where God has called us from. We know who we were before we came to know the Lord, before we experienced salvation. Of course, we've been delivered through salvation. We've been been washed in His blood and filled with His spirit. We've been sanctified and and called out and, and set apart for Him and His purpose. But what he has done is he's drawn us out. He has drawn us out of an a area or an environment, if you please. Even a dimension or even a realm. And, and you think about it and, and that's basically what the Spirit has done. He's drawn us and he's set us apart from all of that. So it's important for us to, to understand this because uh, this is something that you and I were, were basically, we, before we came to know the Lord and we, we came to the knowledge of the truth, this is the world that we lived in. This is the world that we talked in. Praise God. We were so used to it. We were obviously influenced, impact, and even fashioned by the worldly elements. Amen. And so here comes the gospel. Here comes the word, and the word draws us. It draws us from that point that we were spiritually, from that location we were spiritually. It draws us out, and he separates us, and he fills us with his spirit. I I think about what the Apostle Paul said in uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 15 when he talked about the first man Adam with was earthy he was earthy he was given to the environment of this world so he was an earthy man but he said the second man Adam is from heaven and he is heavenly so we see the contrast between the two the two natures and and praise God that's that's what we're that's what we're we're we we're, um, Uh, exposed as far as uh, truth is concerned, reality of the truth. Now when we talk about the world, when we talk about the world in our relationship with the world, of course we, we used to belong to the world. You belong to the world system at one time. You and I belong to the world system. We don't anymore. Because we were born again. We were born from above. And when you look into the scripture and you look at you know, what it means to be born again, it means being born from above. In other words, we've, we've been drawn out and we've been, we received His Spirit, so now uh, we're called to a, if we want to put it in, in that sense, we have been called into a higher way of living. And, and when, I, when I say that, I, I, I make the contrast between what it was to be living in this, in this world where we were living a lower life, that, were, that was exposed to the elements of this world, a carnal life, a, a sinful life, a life of ungodliness, uh, immorality. Praise God. Nothing nothing to do with God. So that's a, a lower life. Now we've been called to a higher life. God has called us, set us apart from the world. So we've been drawn, of course, we've been drawn uh, up into the kingdom of heaven, uh, which is a spiritual a spiritual dimension. And of course the kingdom of heaven, we call it the kingdom of heaven because that's what it is. It's a kingdom. So we, so we see that. So here, here, here's the thing about the world. Now when, when we talk about the world as the scripture presents it, as the scripture prevents, presents it, the world, our worldliness. That's what used to envelop our minds. Our, our whole being that used to that's the, that's the uh, mentality the, the the way of living that we used to that we used to live, okay we were like that, and we all can probably uh, identify with that we can all go back and remember just exactly you know the lifestyle that we live so the world. When we talk about the world, when the Scripture talks about the world, okay, uh, and and world and worldliness, it's speaking about the value systems, the value systems, the thought patterns, and the lifestyles. Here's the thing: of course, we can't go back to yesterday, or you know, the last the last century, because. Uh, you know, we're, some of us were born in the last century. We're coming into this. We've been in, it's all, it will almost be a decade since this new century. Wow. Already a decade passed. And does anybody remember Y2K? <laughs> remember the fears that we had of entering into a new millennia? Y2K was one of them, man. We didn't know what to expect. We, you know, but here's the thing. That's the worldly process. That's a worldly element, it's a worldly system. So, so we think about that, and, and, and here's, the, here's the thing, when, when we look at the word uh, that, that the, the scriptures talks about, the Greek word cosmos. Cosmos, which means the orderly arrangement of the world, including the inhabitants. So it's everything that's ordered in the world. That's what the scripture talks about, cosmos. And so that's related to the value systems and the thought patterns and the lifestyles. But here's the thing, of the present day, the present day, of course, there are things, there are elements that we have, we were never exposed to maybe uh, 10 years ago that we are exposed to today. Praise God. Things change, don't they? It just seems like it's just an ongoing process of change and new things happening and, and, and you know things to kind of keep you going and things that, things that we have to adjust to. Things that we have to just, we, we accept because that's part of the norm of the world that we live in. Hallelujah. And if we want to be an oddball, we can be an oddball. I remember uh, one of my psychology classes. Of course, we started out the, the year or the, the semester already without knowing it, without people aware of it. Already, you know, certain experiments taking place beginning the first day of class, and our professor, our professor said, uh, I, "I would like everybody just to." Um, if you can just mingle with one another and, and try not to sit in the same area that you sit in when you come in he said try to mingle and just try try to get to know everybody and sit in different areas She said don't don't sit in the same seat you're sitting in throughout, throughout the whole semester and we didn't realize that uh, she was actually uh, uh, beginning an experiment with us and and there were a few that did not that did not do what she asked the whole class to do. There was a few that just said, hey, this is my seat. I'm going to sit here throughout the semester. Huh? So at the end of the semester, she said, little did you know you were part of an experiment. He said, there's some of us that we give into to the influences, we give into to the behavior, we give in to the trends of society just because we want to fit in. Huh? But there are some of us, she said, that want to hold to our personal habits and what makes us comfortable in the world that we live in. So there was a few that even though she announced that, guess what? They didn't change their seat. They didn't mingle with the crowd. They just stayed, stayed in the same area they were all through the semester. Why? Because that was just the way... They were. They didn't want to do that. So, so, so here we here here we see an experiment that was given to see how many people would accept the the, the influence, the influence of of you know people around them, and, and we can we can take that and we can apply that to the world. If we if we are given to following or doing what the world is doing, we basically are submitting ourselves to the worldly spirit, because that's what everybody does. But we can be independent in ourselves to say that, hey, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that environment. I don't want to be a part of that that, uh, cohort. Praise God. I want to be different. It seems like everybody in the world wants to be different. If you really want to be different, if you really want to be different from the world, get filled with the Spirit of God. You will really be different. You will be different. People people will notice the difference on you. They will even sense the difference on you. Praise God. For whatever reason... You know, a couple weeks ago, we were sitting, you know, on the parade route over here, watching all the the you know the, the floats or whatever go by during the Dakota Days Parade. And there's just one float that went by. Of course, uh, the diversity program from the University of South Dakota and all the different uh, students that are part of that diversity program. Of course, people from not just from the United States, but even internationally, different people with their foreign flags. And there was this young gentleman that was carrying a Muslim flag. And, you know, guess what? He singled us out. And he singled us out. He seen us sitting there. And you know what? He did not look at us with, you know, like, hello, fellow citizen. (laughs) You know what? He glared at us. He glared at us. And it was like you can see... The hatred in his eyes. He did not smile. He did not wave like everybody else is doing. He just glared at us. And he, when he walked by us, it seemed like after he passed us, he even looked back and made sure we caught his glare. In other words, and we weren't holding a flag. Huh? But why was it that he just seemed to single us out and just wanted to make sure that we understood that he did not like us at all? It's a spiritual thing. Right. It's a spiritual thing. So we see we see this okay? We see how uh, important this is to, to understand and, and uh, so when we talk about uh, uh, go with me to the book of uh, James chapter 2 verse number five when we talk about you know the reality of, of who we are, the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ. Uh, James chapter 2, verse number 5, it says, Here again, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which He hath promised to them that love Him? In other words, He chose us. He chose us. The poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which He hath promised to them that love Love him, and then you go. You go over to First Peter chapter two, and and of course you know that is uh, basically our our uh, our emblem, our our uh, who we are as far as uh, you know our church logo and everything. We understand that very well. But in First Peter chapter two, verses nine and ten, we see what the apostle Peter says here. That uh, uh, he says this. Verse number 9, but ye are a chosen generation. You're a chosen generation. That's who we are. This is this is the reality of who we are. Ye, ye are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. And holy nation. A peculiar people. That ye might show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So we see this. It's, it's, it's very evident as far as the Scripture that we're reading. It's very evident who we are and who God called us to be. Praise God. And that's what he said when he was talking, speaking about, you know, the world and how he called us. And, and now because of this calling, we are not of the world. Therefore, the world hates us. So when we take a look at that word, of course, uh, uh, the other Greek word, uh, you go there, and in, in, uh, I'll just give you a, a few examples. Uh, in, the, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, I want you to see something here, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and, and uh, this is important for us to, to know, important for us to understand, what the scripture says, what is given to us. In, a, in the word of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse number 4 it says in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them okay he says in whom the God of this world the, world, the word world there is the Greek word ion. Ion refers to a space or a period of time or an age. So we see Ion. We see that it's a certain age. And so we see, you know, that the God of this world, this this age, and it's not the God he's talking about, of course, because we see that it's written in small letters and and speaking about the spirit of this world, the spirit of this world. And that is Satan, our adversary. So he says that, and then in the other passage of scripture that uses the same same word in in this tense is in Romans chapter 2. And and verse number I mean Romans chapter twelve and verse number two and he says be not conformed to this world be conformed to this age but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so we're not supposed to be conformed to this age. Do you ever think about Does anybody ever think about trends? You know how. Trends just seem to change all the time. Something always comes and everybody seems to, you know, basically line up to it uh, and and just submit themselves to whatever is happening. We've seen so many different trends, so many different things happening. I've seen over my lifetime, man, I tell you what, it just seems like a cycle. It's a cycle. It just seems like a, Back in my days, you know, we referred to it as as the hippie generation, and you've seen a lot of different trends. Of course, it was all involved around sex and drugs and rock and roll and all that kind of stuff, and, and it's just gone from one thing to the other. Just it just seems like all kinds of trends, everything just kind of going around, and, and guess what? It's it's just like a cycle. It just seems to just go in a big old circle. So we're seeing all these things happen. We see that. And we see that happening and and they make their impact upon upon mankind. So whatever trend is is most popular or most widely accepted in the world, guess what? Everybody lines up to it. Everybody lines up to it. Praise God. I was noticing a few days ago, uh, I noticed that the tie-dye fashions are becoming popular. That was something that was popular in my day when I was a teenager. The tie-dye fashions, the long hair, the, the feathered look, <laughs> the bell-bottom jeans, all that, the, the love beads. And it just seems like it just makes its, it makes its way, it just creeps back in. And it just, so everybody is, everybody is, just seems to be so given to it. Uh, I was telling uh, some of my grandchildren, um, they wear them Converse All-Stars, the canvas uh, tennis shoe or sneaker, whatever you wanna call them. I said, man, that was something that was very popular in my day. That's, I used to wear a pair of those when I played basketball, but they weren't black like yours, they were purple. And we called them the purple people eaters. Praise God. But you see that, does everybody get what I'm saying? Yes. When we talk about the world and how the world just seems to, it just keep, seems to keep that movement, Amen. that movement. And, and and you wonder why, you know, Paul says, be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this age, the Ion. And and, and the other passages of scriptures in, 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 in the book of Titus, in the book of Titus chapter uh, 2, you see the same word being used here and and applied here in chapter 2 in verse number 12 and and this is what it says, it says teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust ion worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world. Now you notice how he says that we should live soberly. Somebody says, well I'm not ever since I've come to know Jesus I haven't touched a drop of alcohol. He said we should live soberly. In a sense, uh, this, is, this is what he means. To be sober-minded is your mind is not influenced. Your mind is not influenced. It's not intoxicated. We could be drug-free. We can be alcohol-free. But our minds could be influenced or intoxicated with other elements. That's what he means, soberly. Here's the thing. When we get to the point of being taken out of this world, when we experience the rapture, and when we experience the judgment seat of Christ, when we experience that, You know what's going to happen when you stand before him? I think about all the things that just seem to hinder our people, to hinder the people of God. So many things that if Satan can't get you entangled in deep sin and immorality, you know what? He's going to bring something else along that he's going to entangle you in. And to to us, it seems harmless. It seems like, no, that's not going to affect me so much. But you know what? Some things, the Bible says, the little foxes spoil the minds. Mm -hmm. It's the little things that can entangle us. It's the little things that can influence us, can impact us to where it just becomes, you know, like, you know, to us, it seems like it's harmless. It's harmless. Mm -hmm. So we think about that. But here's the thing. When you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and you're being judged for things that you have done in your body, guess what? There's going to be a little voice that's going to come into your mind, and, and it might be my voice, and it might say this, I told you so. I told you so. Did not I share this with you? Did not I bring this... To your attention. So there are things that can come along and come into. We can allow things to come into our life. That are going to intoxicate our minds. And our spirit. You might have overcome uh, the addiction of alcohol and drugs and all this. But guess what? You could be influenced. You can be snared by another addiction. You can be intoxicated by something else. Praise God. There's so many things that are there. So you think about that. Now we're still talking about what Jesus said about the world. And him calling us out of the world. Him choosing us. Setting us apart. He said, if the world hated me, the world is going to hate you. It's going to hate you. So you see that. Uh, one last piece of scripture verse for this word Ion, the world Ion, uh, Matthew chapter thirteen, <coughs> excuse me, Matthew chapter thirteen. Right on verse number thirty-two, and this is this is what it says in Matthew thirteen thirty-two and uh, uh, twenty-two excuse me, Matthew thirteen twenty-two, and it says this. So he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world, ion, and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. So the cares of this world, the cares of this world, can choke the word. And the riches. The deceitful riches. Choke the word. And he becometh unfruitful. There's, there's certain things. Uh, certain elements. Cares. Of this world. Hallelujah. I no wonder it's a. It's a process. Or it's a you know it's 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 something to be able to survive to survive stay on top but we'll get there i don't i don't want to uh, jump the gun so here's the thing our enemy is the ion or age our enemy is one of our enemies is the ion or age where arises A spirit. The spirit of this world. The spirit of this world. Is. Amen. Also. The spirit of. The antichrist. Because that is the mentality. That is the the thinking of this world. Everything is. Anti. God. Everything is against God people don't want to believe because, why? Obviously, if you're not influenced by the Spirit of God, you're going to be influenced by another spirit. You're going to be influenced by another philosophy. Amen. Whatever it may be. So we see that. So, praise God, that's why it's important for us to understand. Our enemy is the eye on our age, the present age we're living in, where it rises a spirit Now now here's the other part of it. Inventions, allurements, enticements, carnal trappings, places, and events invented by man. Something just to be able to be aware, be cautious, to be careful, to be watchful, to be able to overcome all these things that are there. Like I said, He may not be able to entangle you in immoral sin, deep sin, but you know what? He'll use something else that will appeal. To your carnal side. Hallelujah. That's why we have to be careful. And the devil will take advantage of that. Many insidious ploys of Satan will be imposed upon us through this channel or through this medium. When I'm, when I'm talking about that, I mean... You know, all these things that I just need. So every generation must be spiritually aware of the enticements, the learnments, and evils of his or her day, and allow them not to separate them from God. Wow. I can attest every day. We all know that. We can all, we can all agree. But I can attest every day that we wake to. Guess what? God blesses us. God gives us life. We have the option to follow God's will when we wake up. And for us to abide in his will during the course of the day. To, to walk in his spirit. To allow his his word. To meditate in his word. We have that choice. That option to do so. To keep ourselves in that place. To keep ourselves in the Bible says. In his love. To keep ourselves in that environment. In that place where the spirit of God. Can be the one that's influencing us. So that we can live. That we can live. In that spiritual realm. That spiritual environment. We can do that, but or we can give into we can give into our carnal nature. You know what happens to us when we when we overcome the sin that we used to live in? And when we over we overcome that, that's history. You know, and, and the devil devil still tries to tempt us to fall back into that sin, but you know, since we've overcome it. You know, and, and we, we have overcome it, we're free from it, we're doing okay. But you know what? So he says, the other way I can try to get to them is I could try to get to them through their carnal nature. I can try to sway them to believe that they are okay. Ooh. Can you imagine what it would be like if we could just overcome our carnal nature. Because that is our weak area. I'll be honest with you. That is our weak area. We give in to our carnal nature. We allow ourselves to be carnally minded. We, we go back into that. The devil loves to use that. And here's the thing. Even in that place where we are carnally, we, we even deceive ourselves and we, we're even in denial to say that, hey, I'm okay. Because I'm not smoking anymore. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not cussing anymore. I, I, I'm not engaged in all these simple acts I used to live in anymore. But you know what? As long as he has you carnally minded, he's got you in the place he wants you to be. Ooh. It's a delicate area. You know why I say that? Because when, when God deals with our carnal nature, guess what happens? That's when the gloves we put on the gloves. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we get we get pretty sensitive. A lot of people don't like to talk about carnality. They don't want to go there. Why? You know what? Because that's that's us. We're we're carnal beings. We live in this flesh. But we, we need to identify. So when when we talk about this in relationship to what the word is speaking about, us are speaking. Uh, concerning the elements that we face every day, uh, we, we need to basically identify or find out what it is. Uh, and, and and if we have the Spirit of God in us, if we have the Holy Spirit quickening us, leading us, we're, we're going to, God is going to give us insight. He's going to give us understanding. We, that's the area that we need to be uh, open to and that we need to be interested in. Praise God to know what it is, how we can overcome, how we can live Okay, in in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Be led of the Spirit. So to understand that, you know, we, we've got to find out or we have to, to realize and understand how the Spirit leads us in, in, in the life that He's given us. Uh, go with me to the book of uh, 1 John chapter 2. And fifteen there, and here's a very well-known, well-read piece of scripture. And you see here, it's kind of it's kind of something. How uh, let's back up a, a few passages. Let's start with uh, verse number twelve. He says, "I write unto you." Little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. So he's speaking to the children. He's speaking to the younger generation. I write unto you, children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. So look what he's saying. He's he's kind of bringing them them to an understanding of, of what it is. What it is that we have. What it is that he introduced us to when he called us to this. And bottom line is that he said, we all know. From the youngest to the the eldest, we all know and we all understand. We know this. Okay? So so why does he, he brings us into a place of remembrance and, and, and making sure everybody understands us. And basically... You know, we have overcome. We have overcome. So he says this. He says, uh, you have overcome the wicked one." Then he says, love not the world. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So, if we love the world, he said, the love of the Father is not in us. Okay? So, that 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 gives us understanding as far as what it is to to totally be, uh, what's the word, immersed in God's love. If you are immersed in God's love, you will be immersed in God's will. And so that is a deciding factor in our, amen, in our conviction, in our uh, faith, in our desires. So he says that. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So we cannot love the world and love God too. Maybe some people do do that. But you know what? It's not true love. So he says this, For all that is in the world The lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So we see that. So he he defines that. He 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 brings it into a a a more detailed understanding as far as the world is concerned. All that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life that is not of the father but is of the world and the world passeth away and the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever so we see that so the lust of the flesh what is the lust of the flesh craving for sensual sensual gratification that's what the lust of the flesh is craving for sensual gratification lust of the eyes really longings of the mind and of course the pride of life assurance in one's own resources or in the stability of earthly things Woo. so that's that's kind of you know when, when it talks about the lust of the world each of these relate to the age ion of each generation, man—it's amazing, but it's a—it's—it's it's the truth. It's fact that uh, uh, I believe this. Now I've seen this. I've been doing this for a long time. I believe this. That is—that is the that is weakness of God's people. It is the weakness of God's people. There is a fine line. I believe there is a fine line that is drawn. When we talk about about the will of God, when we talk about having faith, when we talk about putting trust in God, it's actually being able to come out of that environment, that that system, that age, like he said, the the I or even the cosmos, and, and come into a, a, a place where, where we enter into something that we're, you know, you know, faith is something. Faith, the Bible says, is the evidence of things not seen. All right? So, so, so we come into an environment that we, as, as human beings, it's, it's hard for us to grasp the concept of faith because you know what, when it involves faith, Here's the thing. We have to put our trust in God. We have to put our trust in something that we cannot see yet. Huh? We cannot touch. We have to put our trust in. And all hinges upon this. Our obedience. Our obedience to Him. So, so we come into that area. And, and so here we are. We're leaving one system. We're leaving one environment. One realm. And we're coming into another. But here's the thing. We, we have been influenced by the world so long, it's hard for us to be able to let go of all those uh, ideas, our ideals, all those, the value system, the thought patterns of the world, to come into the, a spiritual kingdom. It's hard for us to do. And I think that's why a, a lot of sincere people uh, faith, people that are faith, they have a difficult time because we're so used to and, and here's the thing, the Apostle Paul called them the weak and beggarly elements of the world. We're so used to that. We can't, we can't put ourselves in that place to where we can just step in and let, ah, let God take control of our life. Amen. Of our world. You know what? uh, What what did John say? He said, the fashion, the the world passeth away. And and that's what the Apostle Peter said. The fashion of this world passeth away. It passes away. But look what John said. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So if we we can accept that fact that when we come out of the world... And we have have been granted an entrance into the kingdom. An entrance into the kingdom. We can come into the kingdom. Guess what? The kingdom of God abides
0: forever.
1: Here's the thing. Here's the thing that a a lot of uh, children of God cannot comprehend. What we have right down here is temporal. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's not going to last forever. This world is not going to last forever. What we have down here is temporal. So why not just put our faith in God and trust in God and believe in that? Even though we're down, this is a temporal thing. We might as well put him in the place where our temporal things can have some kind of eternal security. And that involves faith. That's believing God and saying, okay, Lord, uh, I want to obey you. I want to obey your word. I want to obey your will. I'm putting my life in your hands because I want to come out of the place that I am right now, out of this age.. Out of if we could ever take the time, and, and we could ever take the time to, to sit down, and, and, and here's the thing. If, if, if we did what we should be doing, as the people of God, if we do what we should be doing, we we would take this, we would take this, of course, you know, understanding God's word is something for the Lord to, to, did you realize this? God speaks to us through His word. So whenever we read, you know, even though, of course, these are, are, the New Testament the epistles are all letters written uh, to people that were already saved and, and we, we can read the history of the early church in the book of Acts and the gospels the life and times of Jesus we can go back in, in the Old Testament and we see how God dealt with his people everything that happened in the relationship everything that happened everything that occurred the, the apostle Paul said that uh, these things are an example to us upon whom the ends of the world are coming So they're an example to us that helps us to understand God's will. Did you know that God can still speak to you through his word? God can give you insight through his word. So here's the problem. We do not pay attention. We don't even open his word. We don't even study the word. So as long as our minds are focused on everything else but his word, guess what? We will never know. You will never know what God has for you. You will never understand. Why? Because you don't take it upon yourself, upon yourself to open God's word and to, and to seek and to research and to study. And to get to know God's word. And when you do that, he'll open up to you. Amen. Understanding. Knowledge. Faith. Hope. Assurance. That as long as we we can do His His will. There's so many people that just do not understand God's word. They do not understand God's word. But yet, He uses that to, to speak to us. And here's the thing. When He does speak to us through His word, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, will bear witness to that word. And and he'll always bear witness to what's written in here, so that we can understand. Hey, this I'm I'm the one that is speaking to you. I'm the one that is revealing this to you. I'm the one that you should listen to. And so we see that. So if if we could ever if we could ever understand what it is, I mean, you know, a lot of times we become so offensive, we get offended. We get offended when when the Word of God speaks to us, and it's something that we do not want to hear. Something that we're not comfortable with. Okay, something because we're so used to it. We've been we've been living in this world for well all our lives since we were born, and so we obviously have, have adapted to our environment to our surroundings. So when he calls us out, guess what? There's a little adjustment that we have to go through. Notice I said, little. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: Sometimes it's drastic. Sometimes these changes are, it's not what, you know, we're, we're so, we're so, uh, shapen, we're so, uh, how, how can I put it? Where we're shaped. The Bible says we were born in sin. We were shaped in iniquity. So our thinking, everything about us before He called us, we're so integrated and a part of this world mm-hmm. that when He pulls us out and the Holy Ghost begins to work in us, guess what happens? It changes. We have to look through changes. Sometimes it's changes that we do not, we hesitate. We do not. We're not comfortable with. Why? Because. We can't touch it. We can't see it. Praise
0: God. Okay. Okay?
1: Now let me expose the world a little bit. Okay? Uh, go to Second Peter chapter 2.
0: We're expose the world a little bit.
1: This is this is the world that you and I live in. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 20. Look what the Apostle Peter said. It says, "For For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have escaped the pollutions of the world. We have escaped it. Through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So when the gospel came, guess what? He came to set us free so that we can escape the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn again from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed in her wallowing in the mire. So what he's saying here is that the world world pollutes us. God saved us from the pollution of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He helped us to escape the pollutions of the world. Praise God. Praise God. And here's the thing. What he has drawn us... Man, it's it's a serious thing. How come we can't seem to get that in our
0: minds?
1: It's a serious thing. To, To hear truth and and to obey, you know, here's the thing, you really want it, you really want it, otherwise if you didn't, you wouldn't have obeyed the scripture, but here's the thing, we allow some of those things that we were so uh, uh, in bondage to, the elements of the world, they seem to come back, and you know what happens, we relapse, you know, that's the word they use, relapse, I'll just say this, you go back from, you backslide from, you go back into it. Woo! Well, I can get very uh, specific. <laughs> A lot of things that we allow and, and, and praise God, we come out of it and we're rejoicing, we're happy, we feel the peace and love of God. We're, man, this is nothing I've never thought before, but what happens? If, if we don't pursue God, if we don't pursue Him, if we're not praying if we're not filled with the spirit okay. guess what happens these things creep back in and they turn us right back around and we go right back to the place we came that's the reality that's the truth and it's hard let me tell you something it's hard it's hard for a person to try to get to that point where they can renew themselves it's hard to do that you know why well here's the thing all those spirits that you were bound by and you were delivered from when you first came to the Lord, guess what? You got rid of them. You got rid of them. You overcame them. God delivered you from those spirits. But what happens when you turn your back to God and you, from God, and you turn around and you go back the other way? Guess what? For every spirit you have, that spirit takes seven other spirits worse than itself. And usually that the state of that person is worse than it was before. That's why Paul says that in Hebrews chapter 6 about people to renew themselves again. It, it, it's not easy to do. Why? Because they pull all this upon themselves. They pull all it back upon... And the Hebrew... That's why it's difficult for them. That's why you can't pray through. That's why you can't live for God. That's why you can't come to church. Huh? That's why you can't obey God. Why these spirits got a hold of you, and they make it that more difficult for you to really live for God. You struggle. All that weight. That's why. That's why it's hard. People are being "Why is it? Why is it so hard for me now? I just can't seem to pray to and keep the victory. Why?" Why? Because in your mind and your heart, you're back there. Right? You're not here. You're that's there. right. Okay. So the world corrupts us. The other thing. The other thing that's uh, 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 hard for us. Uh, Luke 18. The other thing that's hard for us for for us to be able to uh, to overcome. And I'm running out of time, but I'll keep going until I can. Uh, Luke 18 and verse number four. And this is what it says. It says this. Uh, uh, Praise God. If I can find the scripture myself. Luke 18 verse number 4. And this is what it says. Luke number 18. Verse number 4. And... He would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, "Though I fear God, and nor regard man, this is this isn't what I'm looking for. Cares, the cares of the world. Okay, it's not what I'm looking for. Uh, Amen." that's a wrong scripture. Matthew 13, 22, we just read that about uh, <laughs> the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of me. riches choke the word. Uh, that should be in line with what this scripture verse is saying, but obviously, let me, let me see. I might, have, I might have put down the wrong scripture verse. Sometimes I do that. Matthew 13, verse number 22. And, and this is what it says. Obviously, he that received the word. <laughs> okay, I can see where I went wrong. He that, received the, he that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word in the care of this world and the deceitful, deceitfulness Riches choke the word, and he becometh
0: unfruitful.
1: So we see that, we see that happen, and <clears throat> you go in the scripture to uh, uh, Ephesians 2 2. Ephesians 2.2 2. And this is what it says. It says, Where in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children disobedience so here we see according to the course of this world what does the scripture say don't follow a multitude to do evil don't do what everybody else is doing you know what seems to influence a lot of people's minds they want to be just like everybody else They want to be just like everybody else. Why is it? Why would we want to be like the world? If we're a child of God, why do we want to be like the world? We shouldn't want to be like the world. We should want to be like God. He's our example. So we see that if we walk according to the course of this (coughs) world. And then uh, in Titus chapter. Two in Titus Chapter Two and Verse Number Two, uh, we see this Titus Two, Verse Number Two. This is what it says uh, Titus Two. Okay. Okay. Going down it says that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children to be discreet, chaste keepers at home, good, obedient to the own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So in all, in verse number seven, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. So we see that these things, these things, Okay, verse number twelve, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, this present age. Ion. So that's what that's what we are to do. That's what we are called to do. Praise God. We'll stop there for this morning. Thank you for your. Thank you for your. Uh, presence here and (laughs) we're deciding to come to church this morning. Hallelujah. (laughs) this evening six o'clock, service at six thirty, so
0: Hallelujah. Hopefully we'll see everybody tonight. I know she (laughs) wanted to (laughs)